This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show and another episode of our Raw Reaction series. Good morning. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Good morning to everybody joining us in the chat box live. As always, thank you so much for continuing to support the shows. To be honest, seeing how many people have kind of continued to uh, to continue to support these shows and watch these shows since the transfer window has closed is amazing. So thank you so much. Uh, for continuing with that uh, commitment uh, every morning. I suppose it does become kind of your, your morning routine very quickly and it's hard to kind of get out of that. But that's why we're continuing to do these shows and, and put them on every single morning at 8 a.m. Brad Lynch, good morning to you, mate. Marcus, Jose in the chat box as well. Uh, good morning to Rohit, good morning to Paul, to Vinny. Uh, good morning to Gene Norburn, Christopher, Adam, Adama, Matt. Uh, we've got 360 David. Uh, we've got Vinny in there again. Vinny's very, very clear and trying to get everyone in the, in the chat before Matt G today, who's usually pretty spot on with things. GDC for you, uh, Carl, Ratha Varies, AV, Napa Fire. Good morning to everybody and further down the chat box as well. Uh, thank you so much uh, for always tuning in. And uh, please, if you haven't already, go and subscribe to the Arsenal Way. Um, as I said, please go watch our 6 aside video from last week and the next one will be coming out uh, probably in a few days' time. So make sure that you're subscribed over there as well. I'll be live at 9.30 on the Arsenal way, uh, so just in over an hour and a half's time to go through all the latest Arsenal news with uh, Bailey uh, and Chris probably as well. I need to check the register of the rotor. Uh, and find out what's going on. But that will be going on this morning as well. And the Arsenal Lounge, of course, will be this evening at 8 o'clock, as far as I'm aware, uh, Monday nights at 8pm on the Arsenal Lounge. So make sure you check us out over there as well. Um, and do support our, our good friend Vinny, who's joining us in the chat box this morning as well. Link in the description to Vinny's charity. Do go and help the fantastic Macmillan Cancer Support Team uh, by donating link is in the description. We start off though with uh, a commiseration to Mohamed El Neni, uh, who and Egypt and Mohamed Salah, of course, lost on penalties to Senegal in the final of the African Cup of Nations. Absolutely gutted uh, for El Neni. I'm very happy for Senegal, who have been very unfortunate in finals in the past in the competition, but 
you know, obviously was backing Egypt because Mohamed El Nenny and wanted him to lift the trophy. But uh, unfortunately, that didn't happen for him. Uh, but he will now return to Arsenal and could be back as soon as the Wolves game on Thursday, giving Arsenal a bit more depth in their team. He'll probably, to be fair, have uh, a few days off, so he may not be back for the Wolves game. But uh, it'll be interesting when he does uh, indeed return to the team because we've been really lacking in the midfield department. So he needs to be back. No matter what people may think of him as a player, he is certainly someone that can give you a, a pretty decent and consistent performance, 6 out of 10, 7 or seven or so out of 10 every single week. So it's good to have him back in the group as he finishes his season with Arsenal. Uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang made his debut for Barcelona in their 4-2 win over Atletico Madrid despite the fact that they went down to 10 men. Danny Alves getting sent scoring and getting sent off in that game. Um, Aubameyang didn't really, didn't do loads uh, to be fair. Only came on for the last, I think, 20 minutes or so, maybe even less than that. Um, but certainly one where he's going to try and, and gradually get into the team. Ferran Torres started the game in the central striking role, so Aubameyang will be looking to try and usurp him uh, and probably push him into a more of a wider role. But Aubameyang is playing now for Barcelona, and it looks it just looks a bit strange seeing him in that shirt, but uh, that's what we've got to have to get used to for the next couple of years or so. Uh, now, interestingly, Nicolas Pepe posted on his Instagram page yesterday saying, I'm back, and he seems very much determined to get back into the team and the Arsenal side. We know that we've been kind of lacking depth on that right-hand side during this winter window. We've been lacking some goals. We could do with some variation. We could do with some depth. And Pepe seems very much determined to get back into the Arsenal team and getting there as soon as feasibly possible. Um, but this is a really interesting story uh, that you may or may not have seen come out over the last 24 hours or so. Um, but Arsenal's under-16 goalkeeper Alexei Rojas Fedoroshchenko, uh, who can play for a total of three international sides, is kind of caught up in an allegiance situation um, with all of his kind of nations that he's looking to represent. The good news for Arsenal is that he's, uh, or rather a post from his school accounts, confirmed that he's been offered a scholarship deal by Arsenal, so he can expect to be kind of brought into the setup very soon. I'd be very shocked if he didn't take it. But he can actually represent England, Colombia and Russia uh, but he looks closest to uh, probably representing Colombia. He was speaking back in 2020 um, where he said, I would choose the Colombian national team, although I can play with England and even Russia as well. Among the three options, it seems to me that Colombia football is the best. I like Colombia a lot. Uh, we've seen plenty of other players had their own kind of allegiances and changed their allegiances with teams, but... Uh, uh, I'm going to have to get used to saying uh, Alexei Fedoroshchenko uh, as he basically works his way through the uh, Arsenal youth setup. But yeah, another talented young goalkeeper looking to bring himself into Arsenal stardom. So we wish him the absolute best and fingers crossed he can decide his international future. Now, loan confusion was in our headline for today because interestingly, Jordan Osei Tutu was pictured in Arsenal's training over the course of the last 24 to 48 hours, despite the fact that he actually signed for Rotherham on loan. Uh, he has signed for Rotherham uh, and yet is still training with Arsenal. The explanation behind this has basically been that he returned from Nottingham Forest injured and he's still continuing that rehabilitation and training with Arsenal before he's allowed to go and join up with his uh, team Rotherham for the second half of the season. But it was very odd uh, to see a player that had been confirmed to have left on loan for another team continue training with the Gunners. They clearly want to look after him and 
have him follow their own regime until he's fully fit and available to join his loan club until the end of the season. But he's an interesting and talented young right back. Did really well in Germany with Bochum a couple of years ago. Didn't really get on that well with Cardiff because he was injured for most of the time. And again, with Nottingham Forest this season, did struggle because of injury. He actually was the guy that was kind of brought in um, before Jed Spence uh, was there. And they would have competed together uh, as the two of them. And I'm sure a lot of you watched Jed Spence in yesterday's game against Leicester. I had a few people tweet me. Where I've, of course, I've been very critical of Jed Spence on the back of recommendation. And to be honest, was it surprising to see Jed Spence turn up whilst he was playing on television? No, that's exactly what I've been told is that he's a bit of a showboat. And when the cameras are on him, he's, he's brilliant. But actually, you know, on a consistent week by week basis, you should watch him every single week before kind of forming an opinion of the Nottingham Forest or Middlesbrough Loney right back. Uh, moving on to our penultimate story and a little bit of a call, well, not even a little bit, a very controversial one. Uh, Mark Overmars has abruptly quit as director of football at Ajax. He apologised for sending inappropriate messages to female colleagues. Uh, he said, unfortunately, I didn't realise that I was crossing the line with this, but that was made clear to me in recent days. I suddenly felt enormous pressure. I apologise. Certainly for someone in my position, this behaviour is unacceptable. I now see that too, but it is too late. I see no other option but to leave Ajax. Ajax confirmed and said, a series of inappropriate messages sent to uh, several female colleagues over an extended period of time led to the decision. The conduct described as extremely painful for everyone by Supervisory Board Chair Aline Maynard. Uh, we'll see Overmars leave with immediate effect. Uh, Maynard was asked about this. He said it is devastating for the women who have had to deal with the behaviour. When we heard news of this, we immediately acted, carefully deliberating and weighing what was the best thing to do, all in consultation with uh, Edwin van der Sar and assisted by external experts. So uh, this is obviously uh, a story that affects Arsenal fans more than it does Arsenal because a lot of Arsenal fans... Um, have been very much calling for Overmars to replace Edu uh, at Arsenal. That should, or hopefully, end plenty of people's interest in seeing Overmars move to Arsenal. Arsenal do not uh, associate themselves, uh, or they try not to associate themselves too much with controversy, although they haven't really been able to avoid that in the past. Um, but if you remember the the Eve Basuma situation, which is all still an ongoing case, uh, Arsenal's interest in Basuma has dropped significantly since the summer, and significantly since the allegations that have been put towards him in the summer. Arsenal will, if they ever had any consideration towards Overmars, this will probably affect that in the future. Um, and hopefully, plenty of Arsenal fans now turn around and say, "I hold my hands up. I don't want Overmars based upon this recent information." Quite rightly, too. So, uh, fingers crossed. Uh, the you know, fingers crossed. Those those women that are affected by uh, these actions of Overmars uh, get the support that they need. Moving on to the final story of the day, and Serge Gnabry's contract talks with Bayern Munich continue to be a problem, uh, and he continues to struggle to kind of get to an agreement with the Bavarian side. Former Arsenal winger, some of those watching will remember him scoring against Swansea. Uh, those who remember also a very bad loan spell under Tony Pulis, which didn't work out so well, and he felt he wasn't good enough 
or Tony Pulis felt he wasn't good enough for West Brom and has of course gone on to be one of the best uh, current German international players in the world right now. But his, con- his contract talks with Bayern are not going swimmingly. There was hope that he would be able to reach an agreement fairly soon, but they have continued to stall. If this continues through to the summer, Arsenal and a number of clubs would certainly be interested in trying to convince Gnabry to move on from Bayern. Arsenal would have the advantage in the sense that they've got that nostalgic link and maybe could offer him a route back to where he could then again flourish. But you have to ask where he would then play for Arsenal, considering we've got Martinelli and, uh, and Bakayo Saka. What I would say, though, is he would provide plenty of versatility into the Arsenal forward line, plenty of quality and competition for our starters as well. When you think that we hopefully will be in Europe next season, having stronger options in those wide positions would certainly help uh, push us towards our targets for next season. And that is all of the news. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in. We now move on to your questions in the chat box. So if you do have any questions for the chat box, throw them in now. We'll go through as many of them as we feasibly can. If you haven't done so already, please do drop a like on the video as well and subscribe to the channel too. Okay, let's go into the chat and see what questions we've got. Olu says, I wouldn't go for Gnabry for two reasons. His wage recruits would be very high uh, as free transfers, maybe over £300,000 per week, and wouldn't be an automatic starter. Interesting. I mean, it'd be interesting to see how much he's actually on now. Doing a quick search. Uh, Gnabry's wage at Bayern. It's claimed to be... 9 million a year, uh, 9 million euros a year. So what, let's do some quick maths on what's 9 million euros a year uh, in terms of a weekly wage. Let's have a quick check. 9 million divided by 52. €170 per week. So you're looking probably about £150,000, £160,000 per week at the moment. So certainly Arsenal would be uh, (laughs) in a situation where they're going to have to pay him a lot to convince him. Daniel, did I see Vlaovic's goal? Yes, I did. I did see Vlaovic's goal yesterday. It was very, very well taken. I just people pining over that goal. I really, I just don't see it as a goal that happens at Arsenal. We never get into a situation where that happens. Uh, someone replied saying Lacazette had that chance against Liverpool. It was a very different chance to that. Very different indeed. I just don't think uh, we don't we get that type of chance very often. Um, three six no, no Vlaovic news today. No, I didn't put him in the title. Didn't put him in the uh, thumbnail or anything like that. You know, I I have uh, what, what's the right words? Um, willpower to resist <laughs> putting Vlaovic in any part of the video. Although I suppose we're talking about it now. Adam says hi Tom. Would you be okay with our lack of business in the January window if we add two out of these four in the summer? DCL, Isaac, David, and Schick. Absolutely. I think that Arsenal were never going to really be able to get any of those in January besides paying Isaac's release clause. So if we can get two, and I think we do need two quality forwards in the summer, that would be a fantastic move by the club. Langer says, uh, good morning, Tom. Good morning to you, mate. What do you think of us looking at Yuri Alberto and Anthony from Ajax as our forward options? We've been linked with Yuri Alberto for quite some time. I thought he was actually quite close to leaving. Uh, is it International that he's currently playing at? Um, but I thought that he was pretty close to leaving for someone else. Barcelona was said to be interested in him as well. But I don't see, to be fair, I don't see any other players. Maybe Zenit have been linked as well. Uh, I don't. Arsenal haven't been linked for a little bit, but uh, I've not seen anything too recently on that one. But regarding who he is as a striker, you know, he's physical. He's he's not exactly slow. He's still pretty quick for a tall striker. He's got he's good in the air. 
Uh, we've covered him in a tactical breakdown, so you can go and watch that on the channel if you want to. But uh, an interesting player, uh, but not one that I don't think takes us forwards in the right direction. He's, he's one for the future, that's for sure. Isoa says, has Altair accepted accountability about William Pablo Maria Bamiang extension in the Euro semi-final? Isoa, I think he has, because accepting responsibility for that has led him to learn from those mistakes. And we've moved on in the transfer market pretty effectively, especially if you consider the the signings we made at the end of the 2020 window throughout the entirety of the, the 2021 January window, bringing in Matt Ryan and Erdegaard on loan. It was good business. We got players out. And in the summer window of 2021 as well, we brought in those six key signings along with Verdu. Um, and then he's decided not to go for anyone in January, didn't want to go for the price of his act, didn't bring in those players, not wanting to make a mistake like has been made in the past. So yes, I saw what I think Arteta has definitely held himself accountable for those mistakes, as has the club, because they have certainly looked not to repeat those mistakes again, which definitely deserves credit. Mitchell says, majority of Senegal teams ply their trade in Europe, and it really showed. Is it the only way to develop African players? It's not the only way. I think another way would be to improve the infrastructure of African football and grassroots football. And I think that's something that FIFA, for all their failings, has tried to do a bit more recently. I think Arsene Wenger was heavily involved in a lot of kind of the promotion of African football recently. They do need to move to Europe. They do need, there does need to be a, a better kind of application of, of scouting African talent. Red Bull Salzburg, ironically, are a very good uh, club at finding African talent. They've signed a number of Zambian players in the past. You think of uh, Enoch and Wepu, you think of Pats and Dakar. You know, players like that that have really improved uh, since moving to Europe and, and they have a really good route for it. The problem for uh, a nation like England is work permit issues, is that work permit issues prevent, uh, and especially because of, you know, all these all laws in place to, to prevent them from moving. But yes, European clubs are certainly going to have to work on improving their scouting of the African footballing market. But the infrastructure needs to be improved as well. Uh, GGT Refuse says, Jed Spence, do you think do you not think he could have improved from his loan deal at Nottingham Forest, similar to Smithrow? Anyone can improve after a loan deal. I'm just I just find it very amusing that I'm given the advice to watch Jed Spence on a weekly basis and then compare that to when he's in a high profile game against a Premier League side. And it was just quite ironic and amusing watching how much of a step up his performance was against Leicester and Arsenal compared to a lot of other teams in the in the championship so far. So I still have a lot of reservations. Am I happy to be proved wrong about Jed Spence? Absolutely. But I will take the advice of someone who watches and has watched him plenty over just two games. Femi says, by the way, Talisa and Sanchez, who would you pick uh, as both are injury prone? I wouldn't pick either, Femi. <laughs> I wouldn't pick either if it was a case of getting plenty more. I lean towards Talisa because he would be on a free of the two. So it's much, much less risk. His contract runs out in the summer. But uh, I would lean towards other players before I picked anyone who's injury prone. CM Jose says, would you be happy with a one-year lacquer extension if we could definitely get one of David or Isaac? Mm, I'm not sure. I think it would be better for us to kind of move for two new players and, you know, get in what we need in those positions rather than giving an extension to a player that's kind of had his time in the sun at Arsenal. Uh, Nun Ching says, uh, Tom, will Arteta keep or sell William Saliba next season as many huge clubs were interested the information as far as I'm aware is that the intention for him is to return and to integrate into the Arsenal team and for the club to try and get him signed up to a new deal so let's see what happens but uh, I have positive thoughts about Saliba 
in the Arsenal team next season. A says, if we go into the summer and sign young players again, do you think it would be Arteta's downfall? I mean, our young players have kind of led us to where we are now, which was back-to-back eighth-place finishes and now in a race for the top four. So I don't think so. Uh, Vinny says, heard there is a six foot six Gambian striker called King Saint <laughs> who has a potential learn his trade in Sweden. King, one of our fantastic members. If you can do a job, you can do a job. So there you go. Uh, I saw it says, if it was not for William being unselfish, he would still be playing for Arsenal. Maybe, but they would have locked themselves into that, unfortunately. They've recognised the mistake. They tried to get a situation where he was forced out um, and they worked to get him out. They probably would have paid him off, to be fair. So I say, well, I think you need to look at things in a better position than you currently are. Uh, Olu says, hey, Tom, following the success of the likes of Bowen, Watkins, Madison, Elise, etc., and Eberichi Eze as well, I would say, and add to that, should we be looking more into the championship for our squad players? I like Fabio Cavalier. Uh, I think he'll end up moving to Liverpool uh, in the end. But I think there's always players in the championship that you can look to. A lot of people talk about Ben Brereton Diaz at Blankburn. Uh, we've not, we've seen players that have moved like Ivan Tony and gone up to the Premier League and done very well. Even the likes of Brentford, etc., have done well since moving up. I mean, Buendia is, is another one. So I think, yes, you can look into the championship for players, but you do need to be careful about what you do. Um, Daniel says, are we happy about Genduzi being put to pasture? We need numbers in midfield and he is a good player. I think Daniel, and we always kind of say this whenever Genduzi comes up, is that we need to move on from this. He's going. He's not coming back. Marseille have the obligation to buy him at the end of the season for nine million odd quid. He isn't coming back. Uh, we've talked about it a number of times, and there's there's no future. It's the same for Mavropanos. He's gone. Torreira, he's gone. So it's as simple as that, really. Matthew says, "Do you expect us to be refreshed for the Wolves game or lacking sharpness?" I hope refreshed, but I is impossible to tell. I thought we might be a bit more refreshed for the Burnley game, but we wasn't. So let's see. But uh, I, I hope that we're going to be refreshed and ready and sharp and all guns blazing uh, when we go out uh, for the Wolves trip on Thursday. And speaking of which, tomorrow there should be a uh, preview show for that. So members, make sure you're keeping your eyes peeled to the Discord server because I'll be asking at some point probably this afternoon for volunteers for the uh, preview show tomorrow evening. So make sure that you have got that ready uh, Akea says do you think we need a striker with physical presence I think if we are getting two strikers one has to be a Giroud like hopefully better than that I think we need to make sure that we bring in players of differing characteristics if that means adding someone more physical better in the air then yes absolutely um, but we need to make sure that we've got that variation in the Arsenal team um, before we focus on bringing in kind of the same stylistically type of players um, Ronald Ganduzi is an obligation at 9 million as far as I'm aware uh, I don't know if there's any sell-on clause in his contract I I don't know how much control they would have had to insert one but they have to be fair been adding them in recently Willock has a sell-on clause uh, Mavropanos I believe will have a sell-on clause in his deal so you know they have been better about adding those in there so maybe uh, it tells us that we do have those super whale says what do you think of fabian ruiz i really like him elegant player fantastic midfielder does he fit into arsenal's current setup would he play alongside thomas Partey? he doesn't really play as an out and out 10 for me is he the type of midfielder that we need next to Partey? i'm not so sure but i like him a lot and i think he would add a lot of quality to our team 
Uh, Crusader says, is Abamyang's downfall his reluctance to play in left wing where he was the most effective? Or is it Arsenal's game? Because Martinelli cemented that position. I never thought that Alba was the most effective at left wing. I think he had some effective games at both striker and left wing. I just think that he... I just don't think he suited Arsenal's style. He, he wouldn't press as much as needed. He couldn't link up the play as much as needed. And he was a finisher. And we just didn't create the right type of chances for him in the end. It just wasn't a marriage that worked. Uh, and that's why we ended up getting a divorce. <laughs> so there you go. Um, let's scroll down a little bit more. Uh, Matthew says, are there any players from the relegated teams that you have your eye on? Uh, do you mean the teams that could get relegated? Uh, I think that... If you look at Norwich, Max Aarons is a backup right back, maybe. Uh, if you look at who else could go down, Burnley. Is there anyone at Burnley? Maxwell Cornet is a as a wing depth, probably not. And Newcastle and Watford. Watford. There is a few players in Watford. I mean, Ismail Assar, you think of, to be fair. Ismail Assar would be a very good option in the wide area. Xiao uh, Pedro is very highly thought of as well as kind of a forward. Uh, Dennis is, is doing very well in the Premier League this season too so yeah there's, there's players there Ben Foster for his YouTube channel is advertising maybe that could do so for Arsenal but uh, there are options at those teams uh, Sander Berg from last season Sheffield United could he bring something to the team um, who knows who knows? Anyway, we're going to wrap things up there. Um, I thank you for tuning in. As always, do drop a like on the video. Uh, we'll be doing a preview show tomorrow. There'll be the Arsenal Lounge live at 8 o'clock tonight. And at 9.30, in just over an hour's time, I'll be live again talking about even more Arsenal stuff. So do make sure you click the link in the description to go to the Arsenal way. Subscribe over there and get even more Arsenal content. Do drop a like before you leave. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.